0: This is the Summit Life Ministries audio experience. Hi, welcome to the Age Changer Show brought to you by Summit Life Ministries. My name is Carmen Furrow. This is my husband Len Farrell, the founder of Summit Life Ministries. Our mission at Summit Life Ministries is to elevate, equip, and empower. Elevate the church's vision to see our identity through God's eternal purpose. Equip believers to live with an eternal perspective and empower believers to live supernatural lifestyles in faith-filled obedience. On the show this week, we've been focusing really on the ascension and exaltation of Christ, how he's gone before us and that this is another one of those shared experiences we have with Christ, the Pattern son.
1: Yes. Well, again, we want to just tell everybody Merry Christmas. We've emphasized that. Uh, all week this week because Jesus is the reason for the season and we just want to say to everybody that uh, this becomes a powerful moment in which it can be a teachable moment uh, not only for us but for our families so I I just encourage you as parents for those of you that still have parents or children in the home uh, to whether you're a grandparent or a parent Take and center Mm -hmm. your family around the purpose uh, for this season. And that is Christ Jesus. And I know that sometimes uh, we have our traditions and we have uh, the things that we do to bless our family, but you never want to make the, the second or the third or the fourth thing, the main thing.
2: Yeah.
1: The point of our life is to make the main thing, the main thing. So we want our families to walk away from uh, Christmas 2020 with 2020 vision, that they really know what this is all about, uh, and that Jesus is the very center of our life, and that we're called to be lovers and worshipers of him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Now, uh, Carmen, where we left off in yesterday's episode is we talked about how that he was raised, he was seated, mm-hmm. not for himself alone, but he was raised, ascended, and seated mm-hmm. uh, on our behalf. We were in his heart, we were right. in his mind. Uh, you know, we were the joy. I believe with all my heart. When when Hebrews chapter twelve says that he endured the pain of the cross for the joy that was set before him, I believe a part of the joy that. That gave him a strength to endure the, the, the passion of the cross, the suffering of the cross, was that he would see that his suffering was successful to accomplish what it was intended to, to produce. Mm-hmm. And that was the destruction of Satan, his kingdom, de- destroying the power of sin and death, and that we would be able to be with him where. He was going okay. to be. He looked past the pain and the suffering, and he saw um, not only, I believe, his resurrection and exaltation, but also he was going to be made the head of a new human family and be given and, given an unprecedented and unparalleled authority, even to the ultimate highest realm and rank in heaven. But he was going to do that on our behalf. You know, the writer of the Hebrews said that Jesus, as now our high priest and mediator of a new covenant, said that he is moved and touched
2: mm-hmm.
1: by what we feel. <laughs> so amazing. that now he's seated and he knows the struggle of what, it, what it's like to live in a fallen planet, in a fallen world, yeah. uh, with the vulnerability of weak flesh. Jesus understands our pain. He understands the travail many times of our heart and soul. He understands uh, what it's like to see people in oppression and torment by the power of the enemy. And that's why he came to set the captive free. The spirit of God was upon him and within him and anointed him to bring a message of liberation and truth to us. Uh, that we would no longer have to be, live as an oppressed people under the slavery of Satan and sin. But he was going to open up the prison doors and he was going to lead the captives out uh, and, and that we would live with him an ascension life, a resurrected and ascension life. The reason why I'm so passionate about this is because the Bible clearly tells us that without a vision, without revelation, people fail to persevere.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I want to keep teaching this stuff because so many Christians start and mm-hmm. they they are awakened in their heart to the reality of eternity. But then in the trials and the struggles, Jesus said, in this world, you're going to be uh, mm-hmm. tribulated. You're going to experience stress. There's going to be the opposition of spiritual resistance and warfare against you. I want to encourage you not to give up. Countless I strength. want you to uh, lay a hold of the one and apprehend the one that is apprehended and laid hold of you. I want you to persevere mm-hmm. until that moment where, when your faith will turn into sight. Uh, all of the things that we've gone through on this side, we will look at it in a different way yeah. on that side. And we will say what what Paul said, this was momentary light affliction compared to the eternal weight of glory that is going to be revealed to and in us. And so that's why we keep on repeating Uh, you know, playing our Mm three-stringed instrument, you must maintain an internal perspective. You must see God's eternal uh, purpose. Uh, Otherwise, you will lose perspective and you will not allow God to do in you through your faith what he wants to accomplish and work in you to prepare you for where he's taking you. So I just encourage you. To, to allow the word of God to impart vision to you, mm-hmm. let it pull back the veils and scales from our eyes and let us fix our eyes on Jesus. The author, the originator, mm-hmm. but also the one the who's completed the journey. Yes, He's the forerunner that has gone ahead of us and he has arrived uh, at his destination. His destiny is complete. Uh, and and he is seated he's no longer w- walking towards mm-hmm. it it has been culminated it has been consummated his he has arrived at his destination and that was to be highly exalted again given the name above every name and to be seated at the right hand of the father but also carmen the bible tells us my people mm-hmm. what what a what a statement yes. where god says my people, the people that are called by my name, my chosen covenant people, mm-hmm. that are unique in a particular uh, treasure unto me, mm-hmm. the one that i that i I want to lavish uh, upon them, my grace and my promises, they perish because mm-hmm. of lack of knowledge, and so many people live below the the spiritual poverty line of what Christ has given to us and what we have been uh, given as an inheritance Mm -hmm. in Christ. And so there are so many Christians that are living in spiritual poverty right Mm -hmm. now. Carmen, there is an illustration that to me so poignantly uh, points out how God's people perish because of lack of knowledge. Mm -hmm. You know that there is a, a... Pastor and a preacher, which is one of my favorites, he was known as the Prince of Preachers, Charles Spurgeon, who pastored a church in uh, London, mm-hmm. and when he went to that congregation was sent and appointed to that congregation. It had gone through a steep period of decline. Many people were fleeing the urban center of London, mm-hmm. going out to suburbs, very similar to what what is happening <laughs> oh, into a lot of our <laughs> cities now. Uh, where people want to escape the busyness of an urban center and and high crime and pollution and all things like that. Uh, But he went there, and God used his teaching, preaching, ministry to give birth to a powerful church in in the heart of London that really uh, rocked that city uh, with the gospel. Well, I like to share... Uh, this story from his life and ministry because it totally illustrates mm-hmm. this thing of how people perish because they just don't know the truth. They they do not mm-hmm. know the word of God. And sometimes when we hear the gospel, we we hear it so much we become dull of hearing, because mm-hmm. we think, well, I I know I I already know that, I already know that. Mm-hmm. I've heard that. You don't know um, all of the story when we talk about the ascension. And the exaltation of Jesus. It's it's almost something that is read, but it's read over, and we don't see the importance and the impact of that to us as an interactive experience of sharing
2: mm-hmm.
1: life in Christ and that reality right now. Because we're not just positionally seated. Mm-hmm. Jesus right now is ruling and reigning from that place. Mm-hmm. He lives in me and he's allowed me to be in him Mm -hmm. so that in union with him, I get to experience his joy. I get to experience uh, the fullness of who he is personally, Uh, not just, you know, some. It said, we read in Ephesians, it said that he has done this on behalf of his church so that his headship can can bring from that headship into his body an expression of his fullness and life that he will fill everything everywhere. Well, if I'm not connected to the reality of his ascension and exaltation and I'm not sharing in his life experience in a contemporary way, I'm not receiving more of who he is. Mm-hmm. So then how can I express the fullness of his life? into this realm in which he's called me in this moment Mm -hmm. to be able to express his life and his power. But Charles Spurgeon talked about a member of his congregation and she had served the royal family for decades and she reached a point of retirement. And in her old age, she became infirmed and sick and she was called, or Charles Spurgeon was called upon to come to uh, her home, and on a personal pastoral visit and to pray for her. And I think he was accompanied by uh, prayer team people from mm-hmm. the church. But Charles Spurgeon went along. When he entered into her home, it was a small home. And he was kind of shocked and surprised by the poverty that she was living in, where she was living, because he knew mm-hmm. that she had been serving the royal family, that she had been paid well by the Royal family for what she had done. And, and so he was kind of stunned and shocked by the small quarters that she was living in. And he went back into her bedroom, the small bedroom and there she was bedfast, And, but it was real barren. Mm-hmm. It was, it was as if she had lost, uh, maybe some of the possessions that she once had that she was going backwards and they, uh, the final years of her life and so he was just kind of impressed by uh, the poor condition and poor conditions that she was living in and so in that moment of just orientating of how does a person that worked for the king or the queen and her family end up living like this so he went into her bedroom and he said that immediately what caught his attention was this ornate document that was above her bed. And it had the royal seal, had the signature. It was this impressive, ornate document. And he inquired uh, of her and he said, Well, you know, can you explain to me what this is? And she goes, That's my prized possession. And she said, I had this frame. She goes, This was given to me personally by the queen, signed by her her expressing her gratitude, thanks for all my years of service. And he begins to read and he realized this is not just a letter that expresses gratitude, but it guaranteed to her an annuity, a a retirement. Mm -hmm. It guaranteed to her finances for her retirement for the rest of her life. And, And Charles Spurgeon in amazement said, Uh, well have you read the content of the letter and to his dismay Mm -hmm. she said pastor charles she goes i am illiterate i do not know how to read no one ever read to her what the queen wrote to her Mm -hmm. or at least the totality of the contents of that letter And he said, don't you understand that this guaranteed to you a pension, a retirement, an annuity for as long as you live. But here she had not made herself available to receive what was guaranteed to her by the queen because of the lack of knowledge to know how to access it Mm -hmm. to her illiteracy. Many people, because of their spiritual ignorance, their spiritual illiteracy or them only knowing a part of the content of the covenant Mm -hmm. that has been ratified by the blood of Jesus, a new covenant, a covenant that is not based on the conditions of of your ability to maintain perfection, but upon the perfection of Jesus. Jesus is made available, available to you all things that composes what the kingdom is, the kingdom of our Father. Now, I want to finish today by talking about this posture that is represented in the passage of scripture that we um, read in Ephesians 2. We talked about how Jesus was raised and seated. He did it on our behalf, but when he took that place at the right hand of the father, that as a representative of a un, of a new human family, after a second Adam or a, a second man who became a life-giving spirit, he now, as taking this place, he's done it on our behalf.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So just as John Calvin said that when I appear at a crucified Christ, it is me that I see in him. I can also say that when I see the resurrected Christ, I can can also say that his resurrection is my resurrection. And that's what Jesus actually plainly stated when he talked uh, to Mary and Martha that day, he said, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever lives in me, lives and believes in me, lives in the light of who I am, and then interacts with the reality of who I am. And he said, I am the resurrection and the life. I want to know Jesus in the reality and the power of his resurrected life. I want to experience and know him as my resurrection. I want his resurrection to be my resurrection. But I also want his ascension and his seating as Mm -hmm. king to be the place and the position that I allow him to seat me in and with him and i didn't express that very well but i want his seating his enthronement to be also my positioning in Mm -hmm. him because he took the throne on my behalf and Mm -hmm. so well that's where we're going to end today and uh, i hope you've enjoyed again the episode uh and carmen i'm going to turn it back over to you
0: well, I'm being stretched. I hope that you are feeling that also, that that growing and knowing of who we are and how these experiences are, are shared. It's been good. If you would like more information about Summit Life Ministries, you can go to summitlifeministries.com and um, find really all the videos, all of our information there. If you have questions when you're watching the Age Changer show, we would really like to hear them. So if you could please, in the comments, send us your questions. Every Friday we do a question and answer show, and we would like to address those. So please share with us. If you could share our episodes so that other people find out about um, Summit Life Ministries and they can hear and be encouraged as we walk this life together, as we're growing in Christ, as we're finding out um, about these shared experiences and how we can live um, the life of Jesus now as we're being changed into His image, how we can release that in our lives. Um, we would be appreciative of that. Also, on the social media platforms, you can like, you can follow, you can subscribe on um, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Those things that all, that all of those things would help us, and we really appreciate you doing it, doing that. I wanted to let you know that we're praying for you, and we appreciate your prayers for us. Yes. And we just in this season of Christmas are wanting to continue to make room, give place to the Lord, what he's doing, and expressing his heart and his love as he's expressed it to us. God bless you.
1: Merry Christmas.
0: What's up, everybody? This is Josh Furrow from the Summit Life Ministries team. I just wanted to thank you for tuning in to the podcast. Make sure you subscribe, leave us a review, and have a blessed week.